Welcome to It's All Political, the San Francisco Chronicle's political podcast. I'm Joe Garofoli, the Chronicle senior political writer. And today on the podcast, we are talking about the center of the political universe in California, which is Orange County. Yes, Orange County, the OC, will once again be a major battlefield in California. And we, our guest is the chair of the Orange County Democratic Party, Ada Bersenio. She has a fascinating personal story. She's the first immigrant to lead the county party there. She's a longtime labor union organizer, and she'll talk about that, and she'll talk about the challenges to repeating OC's success again in 2020. Next, we're talking Orange County on It's All Political. Adebrisenio, welcome to It's All Political. Hi, good morning. Uh, You're calling in from Los Angeles, not quite the OC, but uh, where you are the uh, you're the first immigrant to lead the Orange County Democratic Party, correct? I am, absolutely. And uh, tell us, what, before we start in and, and talk about the uh, the uh, political goings-on in the OC, I want to talk a little bit about your background because it's uh, it really informs a lot of what you do. Uh, you are born in Nicaragua, uh, but your your family left during the uh, Civil War there in, in 1978, I believe. You're, you're a young girl. You're about eight or nine years old, correct? Uh, yeah, I was six years old when I came here. Six years old. Okay. And yeah. how, how did the, explain how that that shaped you. you? Your family came to Miami first, and then your dad heard of a job uh, across the country in San Pedro in the, in the shipyards. And uh, take us through that your early immigrant experience and 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 growing up like that. So yes, in my country, um, you know, I, I fled a civil war and a dictator. You know, my parents struggled in taking me to the supermarket because I would sing the revolutionary songs, um, and that was a crime. Uh, and I was too young for them to explain or, you know, uh, so it was really hard to take me out because that, that was just my thing. And, um, you know, that, that shaped me, you know, that shaped me just by having a voice and being involved in the political process. Uh, that in itself, that small, little, um, story there. But, you know, also I have the same story as many of our immigrant families struggled with acclimation, struggled with finances, uh, the language, uh, not only myself, my pa- you know, obviously my parents, um, but, you know, unable to, uh, my father was unable to put his uh, profession uh, to work in the United States, um, went from one low wage job to the next and uh you know well, what was he off... trained as in, in Nicaragua? What was his my father was, his was an economist. Um mm-hmm. my father was an economist. He worked for Somoza um and um obviously uh we we had to leave. Um and here he came uh he worked as a jeweler in, in a in a mall in in Miami and uh we headed towards California uh, to figure out if we can, my father can get a longshoreman job. And unfortunately, uh, we traveled through, um, you know, uh, through the United States uh, to, you know, um, you know, by, by uh, the roads. And my, my, my family had an accident in, in Texas and uh, my, my mom and my siblings were hospitalized on our way uh, here. Uh, and unfortunately, drunk, drunk driver hit your, hit your mom's car. Yes, yes, a, a drunk truck driver hit my mom's car. Um, and um, as a result, he lost the opportunity he had as a longshoreman and instead uh, went to work as a 
uh, in the graveyard shift as a uh, security guard. Um, so during the day, he would go to English classes um, to figure out how to how to get better, and at night he would work. Um, he was a sole breadwinner because there were too many of us uh, for childcare, and um, you know, just struggle throughout. Um, I entered the workforce very early. Often had two or three jobs to help my parents out. And you as started a working when you were when you were thirteen. You're working. You're dish, washing dishes. Yeah. Yes, I, I worked in retail and uh, in the in the uh, restaurant industry as well as a dishwasher, a busser, a you know also um, hosting. Um, and then finally, when I was eighteen, I, I landed a union job. Um, I was a front desk clerk at a hotel, uh, and that you know not only gave me my first pair of glasses, but also the best meal of the of the day. And the ability to only have to work one job, um, and that was really revolutionary for me. And began to stand up for the better shift based on my seniority, and understood how to use my voice then, and not only use it for myself and my colleagues, uh, dishwashers and cooks and and servers. And I became the leader of the workers in a very short period of time at the hotel. And the union sought me out, hired me. At 18, I started working in the union office um, as a receptionist, answered phones, and for the next eight years, I worked my way through every single position in the union until I decided to run for the top office. And at that point, I was the the uh, first Latina um, uh, and immigrant to to head the union uh, in Orange County. Uh, today, back then, it was a you know uh, it was standalone now we're a culmination of we merged with los angeles but back then we were only orange county um and so you know uh, being a a labor leader of low-wage workers of immigrant workers uh young and and as a woman it was very difficult it was uh difficult to lead at that time and and in an environment that was very anti-immigrant and anti-worker in orange county right and uh, you remain, you're still uh, co-president of Unite Here, uh, the, the huge union down there, and, and actually statewide. Um, so let's talk about the OC. Now, we're all surprised that uh, in, in, in 2018, when Democrats flipped four House seats there, uh, that Orange County, everybody knows is this is, you know, you know, this is a uh, Reagan's uh, Ra- the, the heart of Reagan uh, conservatism for many years. Um, it, it has been a Republican stronghold. Um, and and that, that changed. Um, what his as we all know, in the movie business, the sequel is always harder to do. Uh, and Republicans, this is still a very, as we've talked before, this is still a very Republican place, isn't it? Now, correct, correct me on the numbers here, but uh, Republicans still hold like, what, 75% of the of the seats throughout uh, Orange County? Is that accurate? Just, just around. Absolutely. It is. We are, we've begun, you know, we began our transformation and we're continuing that through. We're in the early stages of that. We've been building for a long period of time in the grassroots. You know, a lot of community organizations have been, you know, registering voters, you know, speaking to to people one person at a time. Um, Immigrant organizations have been organizing there for a while. And in 2016, we won Hillary Clinton in Orange County. 
Um, in 2018, we turned four, congress four congressional seats blue, and um, and our transformation continues. Uh, four months ago, we just over overtook the Republican registration, or four or five months ago, and now we're one point in the lead over uh, 15,000 voter registrations, and uh, we are we are continuing to move that forward um, and working really hard. Uh, to make sure that people vote. That's the biggest, that's the biggest thing, right? We are, we want to move every uh, Democrat um, in Orange County uh, to vote. Um, and so we are, you know, we've built an infrastructure. We're continuing to build that infrastructure uh, throughout Orange County, through our different clubs, through our different nonprofits, uh, like-minded organizations who uh, are day in and day out, you know, um, figuring out how to uh, speak to people and have them use their voice, which is the most important thing we have. What will make this harder this time around in 2020? Will this be harder? The conventional wisdom is that it will be easier because the presidential year is uh, is a friendlier turnout for Democrats. Uh, is that the case in the OC? Well, Trump has uh, been, um, you know, a, a blessing for Democrats in Orange County because uh, he's turned that apathy and turned people our way. So people have rejected uh, that rhetoric uh, very strongly. Um, and we've, we've seen a whole lot of suburban women um, come our way uh, and be active. Uh, so in some cases, it will be um, uh, easier by having him uh, on the ballot. But in other cases, it'll be, uh, you know, more difficult. So we are not, you know, uh, taking anything for granted. We are uh, mobilizing every single activist and uh, duplicating that as much as possible. Our clubs are growing. Um, we started six different uh, clubs in 2019, um, not only area-based clubs, but issue-based clubs uh, that are all going to work to make sure that we get out the vote in not only the primaries, but, the, uh, but November as well, the general. We'll have more of my conversation with Adam Briseño after this short break. And here's more of my conversation with Adam Briseño. Let's start talking. Let's talk about some of the things that are going on in the news and how they might affect uh, what's going on in, uh, in the OC. Uh, how does what's going on uh, in the Middle East right now in Iran and Iraq uh, affect? How could it? How do you see it possibly affecting? what happens, especially in these house races? Look, I, I think, I mean, just personally, this is a, um, a, a difficult thing that, you know, uh, Trump is taking us down this horrible path, right? So um, it is very irresponsible. Um, you know, I think our congressional delegation will do everything they can, um, you know, uh, but, you know, we, we, we can't, uh, we don't want to go to war, right? Um, and I, I think we're just still waiting to see what happens on the ground. But I think it's it will energize our activists because, you know, um, again, it's 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 the you know the Trump factor, uh, the fact that he's so, so out of uh, uh, touch with 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 this and many other things, right? Um, so um, I think it will uh, give us a boost to to um, to speak to people. Um, and to um, and to have have them see you know our our vision. 
does this help you with the white suburban women in Orange County, in the bougier parts of the county? You know, I, I believe that the activists and the folks that we have been uh, and that are, have joined clubs and are, are, are building our infrastructure, um, you know, will uh, are, you know, uh, moved by uh, what Democrats are doing in general and, uh, you know, what our vision is for, for this country. How about impeachment? Now, here in the Bay Area, you know, impeachment's a, a no-brainer uh, for the uh, you know, members of Congress and, and such. Uh, 61% of the folks here in the Bay Area uh, support imp- how Democrats are handling impeachment. That's according to the Public Policy Institute of California. Uh, but in the OC and in San Diego, only 43% of likely voters approve how Democrats are handling impeachment. What? How could impeachment What's the challenge in, in talking about impeachment uh, for for the candidates down there? Uh, you know, it, it is. You know, we we know that that is um, you know something that's controversial and difficult, and and it's easier to you know find commonality around other issues and less around that issue. But I think it's just energizing. You know, our our Democrats that are gonna that that's gonna get us there. And uh, when we speak to um, you know, uh, NPPs, some NPPs in Orange County and Democrats, uh, you know, they're good. They're why didn't why did it take us so long? Right. Um, so I think when we focus on on uh, on our base and on the Democrats that believe uh, on in our values, we do well. Right. And so those are the doors that we need to be hitting. Uh, and those are the folks that we need to be bringing along uh, uh, to come to the polls. So you think that you're going to be focusing on your base voters and trying to bring along when you say NPP, that's for that's no party preference. Those are that's correct. folks who are not uh, aligned with any political party. So you're going to focus on your base voters and bringing them out and then try and peel off as many independents as you can. That's correct. Yeah. All right. What are the toughest seats to hold there? I'm guessing it's going to be the uh, Gil Cisneros seat and the Harley Ruda seat. Is that accurate? I believe so. Um, we, we'll win them, uh, but they have formidable uh, opponents. Uh, Michelle Steele, uh, who is Harley's opponent, uh, and Young Kim. Uh, they, they, they're known in the county, um, but we can't underestimate Harley and uh, Harley Ruda and Gilsey's Neros have been very active, um, have been leaders uh, in our communities. They've been serving well. So, um, you know, we're we're going to push we're going to push um, we're going to push till we win. Um, but they have, uh, you know, they, they they've ran campaigns before they, they they can launch formidable campaigns. So we're not uh, we're going to um, make sure that uh, that we don't take anything for granted at all. And they, they, those two candidates in particular, the Republican candidates, also uh, have the potential to tap into the changing demographics of Orange County. In 2000, the OC was 51% white and 14% Asian American. Now it's 41% white and 21% Asian American and 34% Latino. How do someone? How does someone like Michelle Steele, who was born in South Korea, how does what makes do you think she'll be able to tap into those changing demographics? You know, I think she'll she'll definitely try. Um, but uh, but I, I feel like our ground game um, and what's happened. I mean, Michelle Steele went to pick up Donald Trump to the airport while she should have been at her 
um, you know, at her board of uh, supervisors meeting. Uh, yeah, she, she was she was he, one of the few Republicans uh, when when Trump came to L.A. Was it, it was L.A. Uh, and uh, she and her husband uh, Sean Steele, who was a uh, uh, leader in the California Republican Party, were there at the airport. One of few folks uh, to to greet them to greet the yeah, president. That's that's correct. And uh, you know we're we're going to talk to people about that. That's important for people to know. Um, but yes, the demographics, and uh, you know that is um, that is something that uh, that we are taking uh, into account and uh, organizing around that uh, to make sure that we're successful. Um, the other thing that uh, Harley Ruda, who was uh, the who won the seat or currently holds a seat, uh, Democrat, former Republican, um, that's. That's a uh, a district down there that's on the coast. It's uh, wealthier and whiter than other parts of Orange County. Um, and it was for nearly 30 years uh, held by Dana Rohrbacher. Um, Dana Rohrbacher, uh, who is known as uh, by his detractors as Putin's favorite congressman. Um, uh, he is a and I've spent time at Dana's house during the last campaign talking to him. And uh, he's, he's a little bit wacky. Um, uh, and you, so uh, Harley Ruda told me this. He said he's not going to have, uh, you know, it's easier to run against someone like uh, Dana Rohrbacher. Some examples of his wackiness, you know, he says climate change is a hoax and that uh, the white supremacists who, who rampaged in uh, Charlottesville, Virginia a couple of years ago were actually Civil War reenactors that had been uh, organized by supporters of uh, Hillary Clinton and Bernie Sanders. I didn't quite follow the math on that, but. Um, but that's what what Dana told me. Uh, but you're, not, you're running against someone who's a little bit more grounded in reality than that this time. What, what's the challenge in not having the the Dana Rohrbacher factor there? Well, that is uh, that that is why I said we have so many. You know, the fact that Trump's on the ballot is helpful, but there are other things that are not helpful to us, right? And that's one of them. And so that's why we are uh, you know doubling down on what what we did last time. This is the second time he runs. He's got, a, you know, a much more sophisticated campaign. He's been at it all, already. Um, so we're, you know, that's what we're hoping to make sure that, you know, that uh, our ground game um, is, is, is here. What, you know, what keeps us, what, what will keep us on top. Okay. So one more thing. What, what is the toughest part of your job going to be in 2020? Getting more and more volunteers, um, getting more trained folks that are going to uh, mobilize, and you know the uh, you know the, the fact that we want to move so many more people to 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 the um, to the polls. We've got a great opportunity. There's some changes in the uh, voter registrar's office. People are going to get their ballots early. Uh, we are being very diligent about training campaigns on ballot pickups. Um, and, uh, you know, we're going to have some voting centers and, you know, some, some places where we can drop off ballots. And so it's educating, you know, uh, as many households as we can by knocking on their doors that there's these options available, that they're not going to be, that they don't need stamp anymore uh, to put on their uh, voter, uh, on, on their ballots uh, to send them out. So I believe it's education and making sure that we have enough. Uh, woman and manpower uh, to get 
to, to, to get our issues out and to get, um, you know, the voice out there that we all need to speak with one voice and, and come out and exercise our vote. All right. Thank you so much for being on It's All Political. No, thank you for having me. I'd like to thank you all for listening. I'd like to thank Adam for being on the podcast today. I'd like to thank the king, King Kaufman, and the great one, Karen Crate, for producing today's episode. And even if the only thing you know about Orange County is Disneyland and Gwen Stefani, still, it's all political. It's All Political is part of the San Francisco Chronicle Podcast Network. Audrey Cooper is our editor-in-chief. Our music, our theme music that we have is Cattle Call. That's written by Randy Clark and performed by Randy Clark and Crowsong. If you like this show, subscribe, rate, and review it on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. For more great journalism like this, subscribe to the San Francisco Chronicle at sanfranciscochronicle.com slash subscribe. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Garofoli. Thanks.